Welcome to Maximoff Overdrive, the new podcast from the incomparable that goes over WandaVision episodes with a fine-tooth comb. My name is Lisa Schmeiser, and I will be discussing the show along with incomparable superstars Kelly Gamont and Don Melton. Hi, guys. Hello. Howdy, howdy. All right. Before we get started, I want to share with um, our listeners what they can expect from each episode of Maximoff Overdrive. We'll always open up with a quick recap of what happened on the show so that you understand what we're discussing in the episodes. We'll go through, we'll talk about what we loved and why we loved it, just about the show. And then we'll nerd out a little bit about um, the Marvelverse the MCU, the comic verse, anything else that ties into it. And um, we'll also try to figure out if we can actually figure out what's going on on the show, because uh, it's a show with a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. Anyway. <laughs> that's actually something Don and I have experience with. Yes. A show that's all questions, very few answers. Oh, man. Uh, that's kind of how we ended up here, I think. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. So I, I love a good origin story or a good origin question, as it were. <laughs> Yes. And for those of you who are listening along, I want to let you know it helps if you watch the episode first, because we will be talking about what happened. This is not going to be a spoiler free zone for mm. any episode that we mention. So for our first episode of Maximoff Overdrive, we're going to be talking about WandaVision episodes one through three, or as I like to think of them in the aggregate as act one. Mm-hmm. So first episode, it appears to be a knockoff of the 1950s with the aesthetics and the I Love Lucy S antics. We see that Wanda and Vision are newlyweds who have driven to set up house in the charming burg of Westview. The ostensible plot of the sitcom revolves around a mysterious heart on the calendar. What could it mean? We find out the heart indicates that Mr. Hart is coming to dinner, Mr. Hart being Vision's boss. Um, lots of sitcom antics about Wanda's ineptitude in the kitchen on Sue, uh, driven in part by the fact they mentioned repeatedly Vision doesn't eat. To Wanda's rescue, her nosy next door neighbor Agnes, who says cheerily, what kind of housewife would I be if I didn't have a four course meal ready to go at all times? <laughs> so <laughs> the meal fails. Wanda has to serve breakfast for dinner. The boss is judgy. Then the boss is choky. Wanda has to remind Vision that he can save the boss's life. He does so. It's a little weird and unsettling, but all's well that ends well on the dinner. Wanda and Vision sit down on the couch to determine their anniversary date, determine their favorite song, and determine that they could blink bunny rings into existence. Then the camera pulls back. We see it's a sitcom. More ominously, we see that the symbol for an agency called S.W.O.R.D. is on a monitor next to the TV feed, and there's someone taking notes. Then we jump another decade to episode two, which is basically a knockoff of Bewitched. Everything from the credits to the aesthetics to Wanda's super cute flip hairdo. <laughs> this episode revolves around Wanda and Vision getting ready to participate in the town talent show. There are antics involving magic. Vision tries to fit in with the neighborhood watch and fails until he chews a piece of gum in a spirit of solidarity. The gum gums up his works, as it were. So he shows up for the talent show drunk. Wanda hasn't made a great impression at the, at the planning committee, but she and Vision somehow pull off a super funny magic sequence where she um, disguises their superpowers by actually using them in plain view. And at the end of the episode, she gestates quickly, <laughs> finishes it by, by um, appearing to be about six months pregnant and even more intriguingly converting her world from black and white to color. 
This episode has a few notes of unease in it, just as the other one did. Both of them linked to swords somehow. One of them including a charming toy helicopter. Another one including a man in a beekeeper suit with a sword logo on the back. Uh, the man in the beekeeper suit is blinked out of existence. We're not sure how, but it suggests there's some sort of editing or reality altering power at work. All right. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm running a race here with the recapping guys. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Uh, let me just breathe, jump in really breathe. quick here and point uh -huh. out that when you say the aesthetics, you are not kidding. That's one no. of the things that I really want to discuss. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we oh, will get yeah. there in a minute because we have another episode for you. To, you don't have to wail through it. I'm just giving you a chance okay. to like sit there and breathe for a second. Remember, you're breathing. He, I'm stretched. He, I'm stretched. Say, I got this. That's, that's he, very he, important. Oh, Kelly, that's a great transition because in episode <laughs> number three, it's the 1970s. They're living in the Brady Bunch house. Wanda has Marsha Brady's haircut, basically. And Paul Bettany is slapped into a truly hysterical wig. Um, she gets increasingly more gravid as the episode progresses. Um, and it turns out pregnancy makes her magic go wonky. So there's all sorts of hilarious visual effects. Um, the episode culminates in her having the babies in her living room with the help of a uh, friend Geraldine who stopped by with a truly hilarious story about a job interview and ends up delivering twins Tommy and Billy and then Geraldine may overstep by asking Wanda hey wasn't your twin brother killed by Ultron dun, dun, dun. this has Wanda Wanda's hackles are a little up after this, and um, the next thing we see is Vision coming into the house. He's a little wigged out after an unnerving encounter with his neighbors, and he comes into the twins and asks where Geraldine is, and Wanda's all, ah, she had to go. I have everything under control. We see Vision grimace with a little, no small amount of fear. He settles down. He begins to watch the TV with Wanda on the couch, and then we switch from the TV perspective to the outside of Westview where <laughs> Geraldine has been ejected through a force field and has landed back in the presence. And a phalanx of military professionals are running over to check her out and see what's going on. So that's where we are. A hop, skip, and a jump through three decades of television history and sitcom <laughs> hijinks. We don't know how Geraldine moved from being a TV character to being kicked out of this, this television Eden. We don't understand why it's in color. We don't know how Wanda's pregnancy progressed, why it did. We just... But we do know that Westview, mm -hmm. notice it's a W and a V. Yes. Wink, nudge, nudge. <gasps> oh, that's is, a good mm -hmm. <laughs> is a real Is a real town, yes. in other words. And when she gets, when Geraldine gets thrown out, she gets mm -hmm. thrown out and it's night, yeah. but... Correct me if I'm wrong, Sandy. It was mm -hmm. daytime when uh, when the twins, uh, Tommy and Billy, were born. Yes. Yeah, it was like afternoon. It was daytime when when Vision walked into the house yes. at the end of the episode and said, what happened to Geraldine? Like, he mm -hmm. had walked in from a sunny afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, there were a couple. So, you know, we've done a recap, which basically brings people up to speed. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Um, I feel like the third episode is the one that really ratchets up both the dread and um, gives us a few more pieces of the puzzle to start putting together. Yeah. yeah. It, well, definitely were... when you go back and watch, once mm -hmm. you get to the end of three, yeah, and then go back and watch 
one, two, and three again, mm-hmm. yeah. like knowing what you know, um, it's almost um, Westview turns a little, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Don, Westworldy, because mm-hmm. when you get to the end of episode three and you know what you know and you go back and watch again, like you see some different stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you notice yeah. on the toy helicopter, which is color, when the rest of the world is still black and white, mm-hmm. that that same symbol is on yeah. it that was on the back of the beekeeper. Yeah. Um, it's the same as Geraldine's necklace. As we Geraldine's don't know. pendant. So all of those are, are that motif is, is um, continued, like, between episodes two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd like and to it's do... Very, very likely what it is is sword, mm-hmm. which is, if yeah. you're familiar with not... This has not been introduced in the MCU yet, but if you're okay. familiar with Marvel Comics, you know what sword is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But whether sword it's that sword or it's another sword, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, so before we talk about the Marvel Comics and, and MCU tie-ins, to get back to talking about the episodes, one of the things that um, really stood out for me the second and third times I watched episode one, because I've seen them multiple times now. Me too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but Same. one of the things that really stood out, um, Deborah Jo Rupp plays <laughs> Mrs. Hart. Yeah. She's she's the corporate wife who is mm-hmm. the who is ostensibly the wife of Vision's boss, Mr. Hart, and um, her performance put me on edge like the whole time, and I mean that in a really good way. Be- <laughs> well, because she comes in and she's so anxious about should dinner be on the table? She keeps trying to go into the kitchen repeatedly, like yep. heading towards the kitchen. I've got to help out. I have to see what's going on. You don't have any tidbits out. She's the one who's like, Oh, my head hurts. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I'm woozy. And then um, when Mr. Hart starts choking at the table, um, Mr. Hart being played by the great Fred Melamed, he begins choking and she's laughing at first and she's saying, Oh, stop it. Stop it. And then it turns from laughing while saying it to, almost crying and she's looking directly at Wanda and pleading, stop it, stop it, stop it. And Mm -hmm. that's when Wanda basically breaks the conventions of the 1950s sitcom because through the rest of the episode, like her, her voice is really light and cheery and blithe and very like she's channeling Lucille Ball and she's doing a great job of it. And for this one scene, it drops down and she's like, help him vision. And like, she's dropped into Avengers mode for just a moment. And that whole scene is just really unsettling and terrible. And I love it. (laughs) Yes. And that is also, that is also the only scene we see Mm -hmm. that actually has a genuine CGI special effect. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because all the other special effects, you know, the things in the kitchen, the dishes, those are all physical. I mean, you can actually Mm -hmm. see. Well, the they wires. look like yeah. they look like the the effects that you would have in a 50s sitcom. Like yeah. if yeah. this were Donna Reed, if this were Lucy, if you know whatever, like you'd be able mm-hmm. to see the strings. Like yeah. and that would be the way it was. And that was and part of why I was interested particularly in this first episode is because I was trying to figure out where they were going. And then yeah. like and then you get that moment vision help him where she's like just you know, she stops sort of being Wanda for a minute and mm-hmm. goes back to being the Scarlet Witch yeah. and help him. And that part was that moment that you're talking about was 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 really intense. Yeah, yeah right as fudge, as I like to say. Creepy. Did yeah, you cause... also notice that uh, her accent and Elizabeth Olsen is just such a great actress. Yeah. Her accent just dipped very slightly into the Sokovian then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. 
but she's she Kelly. It's like she was saying she's doing the the Donna Reed thing there. Mm-hmm. I I because love the fact that well we are an unusual show, couple, aren't we? And just the way she says it is such a pitch perfect intimation of how they would do it in the fifties, and then mm-hmm. it's yes. Yeah. My husband with the indestructible head, like you can hear yeah. like her voice is coming from a different place. Yeah. She's speaking her words at a different speed. Mm-hmm. Like the cadence is not how people speak now, like yeah. the whole thing. And then and the thing that that's interesting is now that like all three of them are out. And so you can watch all three of them in a row mm-hmm. and seeing how TV evolved in that time. That's another yeah. thing I loved about it is because like the attention to detail in everything, like you were saying, you know, um, from the opening credits, uh, each episode has a commercial in it. Mm -hmm. So we got to get to the commercials too, because that's like a whole separate discussion. Um, But like every piece of it, every molecule of everything you're seeing that is supposed to be in the TV Mm -hmm. is like, if you sat somebody down who didn't know who any of these characters were, if you sat them Mm -hmm. down and said, watch this 50 sitcom, that person would go, how have I never heard about this show before? Like, it's yeah, 100%. It's, yeah, it's it's almost creepy that way. I love the titles of all three episodes. Yeah. Film before a live studio, live studio audience. audience. Don't it's, touch that dial, dial. Now, now in, in color. color. Yeah, those and are all things. this whole thing of, like, that, that first episode being uh, a combination of, you know, I Love Lucy, the Donna Reed show, and the Dick Van Dyke show, because that oh, really yeah. is yeah. the set of the Dick Van Dyke show. Even though... That came out in 1961. Well, see, what I was about to mention was with the 1960s, I realized that credits are bewitched, but it really seems like the physical comedy language that both um, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are channeling through that is more Dick Van Dyke. And there's even like totally Dick Van Dyke. And there's even like a little bit of stage business with the Ottoman. That was was actually in the first uh, episode. And some things Mm -hmm. I found out because I, delved into it they actually mm-hmm. <laughs> did film before a live studio audience for that first episode i mean they had the whole uh proscenium arch and mm-hmm. everything they were wow. running around like crazy backstage you yeah. know to make their marks it was all filmed live mm-hmm. and timed that must That's have helped so out the good. actors too because it like, scared it the crap out of them apparently <laughs> Well, live TV is such a different thing. It's such a type yeah. of act. But and also yeah. their previous Marvel experience would have been them on a green screen a lot of times. And that's a completely yeah. different that's a completely different <laughs> set of acting skills compared to having to remember your lines and react and play off of somebody mm-hmm. else in real time in front of an audience. Um <laughs> now all I'm thinking is like in this case, it you know, the script says pots and pans are hovering in the air and they turned around and they could see the pots and pans and it was freaking them out. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine so, the, the team that they had to put together due to the effects on that too. Cause most of the time it's like, Oh, we have CGI. No, not here. You don't yeah, here. No, you have a bunch of pu- people with puppet strings. Yeah. Well, just the level, as Kelly was saying, the level of detail they went into just mm-hmm. creating a whole theme song for the third episode now mm-hmm. in color. That's just totally riffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only on um, uh, which show I'm blanking, uh, you said it earlier, but it's also, you know, the, the Partridge family. Yeah. The 70s is the Brady Bunch house, yeah. But yeah. did you listen to the lyrics in that uh, in that theme song in the third episode? Oh, God, it is so funny. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just pitch perfect. And it's like, who goes to this much trouble 
for a TV show. It's obviously insane people that do this. Yeah. It's and yeah. Oh, it's people who know that they're making TV for comic book nerds. That's who. Exactly. <laughs> it's for the podcast age for. <laughs> Yeah, this is for people when like I, us who are going to sit here and talk about first, it. When I watched that first episode, because somebody told uh, uh, told me I, uh, I should see it, and I heard about it, uh, and uh, so I watched the first one, and I was like, "Okay, I'm in." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it immediately queued up the second one because they came out on the same day, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is." You know, I both cursed and thanked the gods that this is going to be a <laughs> weekly water cooler show, yeah. just like Westworld, just like Game of Thrones, uh, just like uh, Watchmen, which I this is also reminiscent of, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that what the heck is going on here, fella? You know, yeah. um, to use some of the dialogue, the uh, the TV approved dialogue they would use in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I had that moment. I got to the end of that first episode and I kind of sat there for a minute and went, well, okay, honestly, first I went, are they going to put something goofy after the credits? So I need to sit here and wait. And oh. while I was sitting there waiting for the end, because Marvel has trained me, yes, um, same. <laughs> while I was, while I was sitting there waiting for the end to see if like Nick Fury pops up or whatever, yes. um, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And that's awesome. And, and I'm probably cool. yeah. going to have to talk to Don about this. That's yeah. actually, that was the whole thought process. Just like imagining Nick Fury sitting there watching the broadcast with like a bowl of Cheetos popped up on his stomach, you know, <laughs> yeah. tossing him in his own. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I, I think, I think we actually talked, uh, was it that night or the mm -hmm. next day, Kelly, we actually talked so. on the incomparable Slack yeah. And I was like, who's doing a show on this? <laughs> yes. Please. Did someone did someone me. like the Lisa Beacon? I'm here. <laughs> yes. Like the genius in episode one is there's this little teaser at the end where you're like, mm -hmm. okay, there was an un unsettling incident. There's somebody who's watching this. What's going on? And then in episode two, it's like they ramp up the tension a little bit more yep. because you've got that whole pool party scene with Dottie where mm -hmm. there's like there's there's cross somebody's current. calling from the radio right well yeah. the question is Dottie seems to quote unquote break character for lack of a better word if that yeah. makes sense because she's presented in the in the framing of the show I'm actually like making a square with my fingers as I do this like you guys can see me <laughs> <laughs> but I can the, hear it Lisa but like in the framing of the show she's presented as like the queen bee of Westview she's your in for PTA and school admissions and yeah. And it's implied that for Wanda and Vision to get along in this town, they have to play by Dottie's rules. And the comedy is inherent in the fact that, oh, Wanda's just adorable and bumbling and it ticks off Dottie. And we find out that Dottie's mean, um, you know, because she berates another underling for not asking about antique chairs. played to the hilt by Emma Caulfield. Who yes. I haven't seen, I swear to God, since Buffy. Yeah. And mm -hmm. just loved. And you got to know if they cast Emma Caulfield, something's up with that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she, and, and she plays it beautifully as this icy, blonde, exacting, mean girl. And mm -hmm. then you see Wanda stays behind to wash dishes because this is her trying to earn points with Dottie. And again, because the sitcom is shot from the point of view where Wanda's the protagonist, she's, I feel like we've gotten off on the wrong foot and I'd like to know how to fix that. And Dottie is turning around to give her a, you know, to, to, to cut her down to size when there's the, and 
the, we, we noticed the radio, like there's a very clear shot of it. And, um, and then Wanda says, I assure you, I mean, you no harm. And Dottie says very sharply and with a laser sharp look at her, she goes, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, that's, that's uh, the first thing. And then the radio fuzzes through and Dottie gets a look of just naked fear on her face. Like Wanda's confused. Dottie is terrified for some reason. And then when the moment passes, she snaps back into quote unquote character and says, pop quiz, Wanda, how does a housewife get blood out of white linen? And then there's a beat and she says, she does it herself. And Mm -hmm. like, I feel like the whole episode hinges on that scene because it suggests that whatever Wanda's doing, it might either be a defense mechanism or she might be manipulated because Dottie suggests that someone is I, I feel like there's a suggestion that Wanda's being manipulated there with with Wanda mm-hmm. saying I don't mean you harm and Dottie who was again quote unquote the key to the town being like I don't believe you and then yeah. then there's the whole magic show at the end and Wanda and Vision are about to sneak away when Dottie calls attention to them and gives them the comedy award and that somehow placates them and appeases them that oh we've gotten away with it Vision's gotten the acceptance he wants from the town Wanda has my approval which she was obviously looking for all's well that ends well and <laughs> I found that pretty deeply unsettling to be honest yeah, yeah. you don't know through the show the three episodes mm-hmm. is it, because we hear in the uh, the radio somebody saying who's doing this to you Wanda, Wanda. yeah we don't know if if is it Dottie? Is it Agnes? Is it mm-hmm. somebody on the outside doing this to Wanda? Yeah. Is Wanda doing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it? It is. There are so many head fakes here in this show. I, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. there's that there's that meme. Uh, I forget which show it's from with the guy with the whiteboard with all these post-it notes. Oh, it's always <laughs> sunny. Charlie from It's Always Sunny with his little conspiracy theory thing. Yes. Yeah. This is exactly the picture of me after <laughs> I watched the yes. first two episodes. That, yeah. yeah, that, I feel like there's a whole Charlie board in that one moment where mm-hmm. her, where Wanda and Dottie are standing in front of the radio. I don't know why. Yeah. But I know I, yeah. that when that like when we get to the end of the season, we're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna go. It's that like moment. the last five minutes of the usual suspects where you're like looking at the bottom of the coffee yes. mug and you're like, oh, <gasps> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it's gonna be. And this and and yeah. the thing about it is the way it got underscored without mm-hmm. without being obvious about it. Yeah. I guess for for lack of a better term. Oh, um, oh yeah, you're totally right. You can see the undercurrent, and I I completely agree with you. We are so going to get Kaiser associated here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they they are yeah. setting all this stuff uh, stuff up. The, mm-hmm. Little details like why are these some things in red? Why is red a big deal? Yes. Right? What yes. the heck is with the bees? Well, the, the guy the, comes the out of the sewer. Thinking. Is on not like, only with, but the, not only with a beekeeper suit, but he he actually has real bees around. You can hear the buzzing the of the bees. Yeah, and then and then Wanda just looks at him and goes, "No," no. and rewinds it. Um, and we need to come back to that in a minute. But there's part of me that that feels like this show is. Um, I, I wouldn't say misdirection, and I actually have a really low tolerance for shows that do the deliberate misdirect. But I feel like um, 
the decision to make the 1960s episode one about magic, where Wanda and Vision mm -hmm. are actually performing magic in mm -hmm. front of everybody and their slate of hand, I feel like that's kind of the show tipping its hand with, oh, we're gonna make you think that Wanda's the one who's shaping reality here because we saw her doing it a little bit in um, the first episode with like yeah. the wedding rings and this and that, and we see her do it here. Mm -hmm. But what if it's the show that's doing the, the the slate of hand by saying, watch the watch the magic lady, watch the magic lady, watch the magic lady, while yeah we set up everything that's well, well, we set up the real plot mechanisms and I mm -hmm. feel like, and, and this is my crackpot theory and I'm happy to be disproven about this. Later. I run a home for crackpot theories. <laughs> <laughs> it comes limping to your door, meowing for a saucer. Please listen. It does. <laughs> and I love all of them. But so like let's have in yours. episode three to get back to the red again, because she has those puffs of red magic when she tries to get rid of the stork. Um, the whole episode right. is about Wanda's magic running amok when she's pregnant. But well, is it, but the most ominous thing the two most ominous things are when the doctor makes a reference to no one can escape Westview. Uh -huh. He's like, you just can't get away is what he says. Mm -hmm. And then there's that really disquieting conversation that vision has with Agnes and Herb, where Agnes says very pointedly, Geraldine doesn't have a home. She doesn't have yep. a family. And then, um, Herb says, well, you know, you know what it's like here. And then Agnes is like, we can't talk about that. And she yeah. does like this really broad sitcom to, mug move. Because and, we're all, and yeah. Vision goes, because we're all what, Herb? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then she she does the ha ha ha. And, and Agnes goes off. And I know a lot of ink has been spilled on, oh, Agnes is, is, a, is a witch from Marvel. And, and oh, she's the key. And I'm like, is she though? Or, or is she just somebody... Maybe she is going to be part of the MCU. But again, I feel like the foundational clues to what's really going on are yeah. being laid like down right in front of us. But we're so distracted by, oh, Wanda has magically gestated twins over the space of a sitcom. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. like, so you talked about Wanda's magic going wonky. I just assumed it was the baby. We thought there was one at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So plot twist, there's two. Shocker. Yeah. Um, the that I just thought like it was it was the kid acting up is why mm. everything went funny. I didn't oh, think I it was her at all. Yeah, I thought so the I pregnancy. Knew. I thought the magic was. I thought the pregnancy hormones were affecting her magic. Or I actually knew it was going to be twins. So yeah, but I read comics. So here's a question for you. You know, her, her twin was uh, Pietro. Pietro, yeah. Silver, right? Yeah. yeah, and he has super speed. Mm -hmm. What's up with Vision and all the super speed that he's got going on? Yeah. What, I don't know. Why, why does he have because in the previous movies that's not what Vision did. I mean, he right. passed well, I feel balls, like... he was super strong, you fly. You didn't see him running around. So... I feel like we should segue to the next segment, which which is basically how does this tie into the MCU? Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. And so part of it is yeah. we get reminded that Wanda has a brother. Um and that they're twins. He was killed by Ultron. Killed yes. by Ultron. Uh, yeah. Um and and part of, I may need you guys, you two to correct me on this. Um, mm -hmm. Part of what happened when he died, like it was a massive battle that was being fought against Ultron. And that's where the Sokovia Accords come from. So is the incident where he died, right? So I was thinking, it was okay, in Sokovia, so you, yeah. You have to think through the history of Wanda in the MCU. And yes. like, this is another reason the first few episodes are so jarring is mm -hmm. Wanda Maximoff's brief sad history in the MCU yeah. 
yes. is we meet her and Pietro in Ultron, where we find out that they are war orphans because Sokovia has mm -hmm. been rent asunder by civil war for quite a while. Yes. It's, it's like a stand-in for Bosnia-Herzegovina or, or another Balkan nation. Yeah. Rent by civil war. Wanda and Pietro are orphaned at age 10 by a Tony Stark-branded missile. Um, mm -hmm. They are then recruited by Hydra, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, Hydra, Baron von Strucker working for Hydra. They're recruited as what are effectively going to be child terrorists. I just have they to are endowed with superpowers thanks to some experimentation with one of the six stones in the gauntlet. The mind um, stone. The mind's okay. The so mind they're stone. they're they're endowed with superpowers. They're effectively um going to act as as teenage terrorists. They team up with Ultron briefly until they realize what Ultron's game is. However, Ultron, in retaliation, goes and flies off to their country, lifts it in the ground, effectively destroys it, and kills her brother. So, yeah. grieving teenager then packed off to the Avengers compound because there's no place else to put her. She trains with the Avengers on one of her first missions. Terrified, she makes a mistake that ends up killing people. Mm -hmm. This kickstarts the Sokovian Accords. So you've now got this whole deal with, uh, which, which leads to everybody in the MCU funding everybody else in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, she picks the side, which is please don't register us and make us accountable to you know Thunderbolt Ross and other people. To mere mortals. They yes. lose the battle. She gets thrown. Oh, by the way, Vision picks the other side. And Vision picks the other side. They fight each other. Her side more or less loses the battle. She gets thrown into a straitjacket, packed off to Tony Stark's secret underwater prison. <laughs> At the end of Civil War, she gets broken out of Tony Stark's secret underwater prison by, by Steve Rogers, but she spends like the next three to four years of her life as a fugitive on the run. Somehow she begins to take up with Vision again, so they have like little romantic tete-a-tetes. But again, want to point out, international child terrorist fugitive working with Steve Rogers and um, Black Widow and mm -hmm. Falcon and where they, where they go off doing little, little, they have little adventures until it's time to have the infinity war with Thanos over the course yeah. of the infinity war. Her boyfriend is like, I need you to kill me to save the world. I don't want to kill you to save the world. You got to kill me to save the world. He says she kills him to save the world. Thanos appears, uses another stone to rewrite reality, bring back her boyfriend so he can kill him to destroy the world. She gets blipped away. The yeah. next time we see her again, the woman who is effectively her surrogate sister, i.e. the Black Widow, has been killed. Mm -hmm. She heads into battle. She battled like the, the last big battle in uh, Avengers Endgame. She has one scene where she's up against Thanos and she's like, you took everything from me. But because this is a Thanos from a few years back and an alternate timeline, he's like, I don't even know who you are, which has got to sting a little. <laughs> a little. Although he gets defeated, Tony Stark dies. There's a fancy funeral. The other member of her posse who was a surrogate sibling and protector and advocate for her last few years, Steve Rogers, fafts off to an alternate timeline, comes back as an old man. She's now down two out of three people who, help, who helped her and protected her. She's horribly bereaved with her brother. She's horribly bereaved with her boyfriend. Sam has moved on for parts unknown. So when WandaVision starts, you've got a young woman who's basically had a decade of nonstop tragedy. People keep dying on her. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she's in a 1950s sitcom. And But she is literally, like, before the show starts, she has literally nothing left to lose. Anyone she yeah. has ever cared about is gone. Yeah. I'm not sure how we have vision. I know we're not to the unanswered questions yet, but yeah. I don't know how we have vision. Um, but 
he is one of the things about this that I find terribly interesting yeah. in that his name is Vision and everyone calls him Vision and there is never one comment about how that's an interesting name for a dude yeah. or anything. No. Yeah. Exactly. And even though Vision, Wanda doesn't have an accent, Mr. we talk Vision. about how she's a foreigner. You yeah. know? Wanda like, doesn't yeah. have an accent in any of the TV shows. But she's foreign, like yeah. because we talk about the ancient Sokovian greeting of guess who? Yeah. And yeah. But but she in the third episode when she's singing to her newly miraculously born baby, she mm -hmm. uh, yes. with Geraldine, she sings them a Sokovian lullaby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's when we see like you know, the version of Wanda that like everyone watching the show sort of recognizes. That's when because MCU Wanda begins to her. slip through a little bit. Yeah, we don't recognize her thing, yeah. until then. Really. Yeah, and like, she until yeah. until, until she, she looks dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, yes. is, is in like the first, I would say, two point seven five episodes, <laughs> she's she's playing the role of this this amusing and benign and well meaning, and every and and sweet every woman. And it's it's basically she's just a gal who's crazy in love with her husband Vision, and she wants nothing more than to live a sweet little life in Westview and fit in, mm -hmm. and that's what you get for like two point seven five episodes. <laughs> and that, that every once in a while she seems to she or someone else is editing to keep it on that track. Exactly, little things here and there, mm -hmm. little blips. Yeah. yeah, no, to the beekeeper, and then yeah. we rewind, and now it's. Mm -hmm. yeah. sort of different yeah but and, and the thing is what i found interesting is she she holds the helicopter and she's all hmm, about the helicopter and that's right when agnes pops up and hello yep. um and then there's no to the beekeeper and so you know again 2.75 episodes i keep harping on <laughs> so, because so how much do you know about the comics just out of curiosity you two so i was uh, bear in mind i'm mostly an x-men reader i didn't read a whole lot of the avengers until the turn of the century yeah so, I have yeah. okay. I have occasionally dabbled in Avengers continuity right. in the in the Marvel comics. So, so my biggest... you, you need to go back. You need to go back. Yeah. You both know that truly I am the ancient of days, and I actually <laughs> remember reading uh, the introductions when they were on the stand of both the Scarlet Witch and Vision. The Scarlet Witch that was actually in the X Men. She was introduced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the X-Men in 1964, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was eight, eight years old at the time. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Reading I them on she... cave walls is what you're saying. I'm yeah, kidding, exactly. But between the legs of dinosaurs. And so <laughs> I thought she was just a, a toss-off character. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until 1968 that Vision was introduced. And he was originally Roy Thomas, who, who was writing uh, The Avengers then, wanted to bring back a uh, uh, golden age or a silver age character. who was also called a vision and bring them back into uh, current comics, but Stan Lee wouldn't let him do that. So he created a new character okay. and his creation was super cool. And so he, he started out kind of like uh, he did in a the age of Ultron film, you know, he was created by in a way by Ultron. Okay. Uh, and uh and it wasn't until, uh, I don't know how long, because at this time, the Scarlet Witch was also in the Avengers in 68. It wasn't until a couple of years later that they hooked up. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in the 70s, it got really weird. And I swear, 
who the Scarlet Witch and Pietro Quicksilver were Mm -hmm. must have got retconned like six times. I mean, in the comics for a while there, I remember in the 70s, she was actually the secret daughter of Magneto. Yeah, because at some point they're also related to Lorna Dane, as it turned out. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I did read some of the older stuff and it feels like every time I read it, that they had a different origin story. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm guessing that because this deals with the kids, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy and Billy, or as we know them from the comics, uh, Speed and Wiccan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm guessing this is is probably t- taken from the House of M, which I think was uh, done in the uh, 80s okay. or 90s. I'm not sure. The House of M was actually Audis. Um, Audis, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the Audis. The only reason I remember that is... Um, I was working a particularly great, a brutal job at the time. And um, the okay. high point of my week was going to the store every Wednesday for my pull list. Oh, and, good and, news, bad and, news. <laughs> yeah. And, and so going and getting my single issues and reading along. And I remember reading house of M and thinking Wanda had gotten kind of a raw deal there. Cause they, cause as awesome as that story is in many, many ways. And I really did enjoy the what ifs. And I was actually on a podcast about house of M's. Uh, but I feel like the whole, oh, that Wanda, she's so crazy. She make an alternate world. Like, I'm like, really? That, that seems kind of mean to Wanda <laughs> who's been bereaved. <laughs> and, um, that's one of the little concerns I have about this show is I don't want it to turn into a narrative where, um, again, the serially bereaved person is, is somehow, you know, turned into a monster thanks to the one, two punch of her emotions and her, and her uh, powers. And so I think this is why I'm kind of clinging to the, no, no, there's something else going on. Look at, look at Dottie. Look at how Agnes pops up. You don't hire Emma Caulfield unless you want demonic, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so the other thing is, um, oh God, I can't think of her name. All of a sudden, the uh, uh, Catherine Hahn who plays oh, Agnes. She's so. My good. theory she's is phenomenal. She, she well, she's hysterical. Elizabeth Olsen says she's the funniest person she's ever uh, pl- uh, played with. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Catherine Hahn, uh, the Agnes character, maybe she's Agatha Harkness. Yes. Which is a witch, another witch in the yeah, Marvel Yeah, I'm thinking, so. and maybe she's always talking about her husband, who we never see. We never uh, see. Yeah, which which could feels like be, every could sitcom. Could that be Mephisto? I hope not. Um, <laughs> so the reason I'm saying I hope it's not Mephisto is um, I kind of like the MCU as it is, where it turns out that um, the pantheon of gods in 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 um, in not Ragnarok, what am I thinking? Um, Isn't Asgard. it Ragnarok? Well, Asgard. Asgard, thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the pantheon of gods in Asgard is just really a bunch of petty royals who make bad choices. And, yeah. and that's it. And um, I, I feel comfortable with that being the limits of Marvel theology, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to, I don't need Marvel <laughs> movies to get any further into that. I but, really don't. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Well, I, I would love it if it turns out that Agnes just kept invoking like a fake, uh, like an unseen sitcom husband, the same way that on Cheers, Norm had Vera. Vera. And, <laughs> and on Frasier, Mouth had Maris. And, yeah. You know, yeah. But you got to admit, you don't, you also don't hire an actress like that just to play a foil like that. Something's the up with Agnes. And why was she kept hushing Herb like that? 
Yeah. In the third episode. Yeah. No, I, I think there's something up with her. And there is. There I think there's something is. up with her and there's something up with Dottie. Yeah. And the question and is whether they're working. Geraldine. And yeah. And the question is, is are the three of them working at cross purposes to each other? Because I don't think Dottie and Agnes are working together. I think mm-hmm. I think Agnes is working a different game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like, think all three of those mm-hmm. are yeah, they're not none, none of the three are working together. It's yeah. very clear, especially from Agnes's take, because mm-hmm. Agnes is the one who warned uh Wanda about Dottie. Yeah. And she's the one who was warning Vision about Geraldine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've told you my whack job theory about Dottie, right? No. No, what's that? Okay, so my whack job theory is that Wanda somehow ended up in some sort of alien investigation site or got taken captive by some alien species. And to interface with her, they've created this TV reality. Okay. And and Dottie's the principal investigator, which is why okay. which is why when Wanda says, I, I assure you, I don't mean you any harm. And Dottie says, I don't believe you. you. Who are you? That's her, basically, that's the interrogator losing patience. Um, okay. Because my crackpot theory is that the hearts were the first crack at interrogation, especially with the insistence on coming over for dinner, the... the 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 where did you come from what's your story why don't you have kids yet and all of that like that was yeah. meant to try to to try to soften the defenses and okay then, I, so I that's my that. crackpot theory why, why i like is it dotty especially the one going for the children the for the children okay. stuff creep me the fork out yes okay. and then wanda has children so, so this yeah. that's my crazy that that speaking of crackpot theories um mm-hmm. we'll build a new wing next time um so (laughs) my my theory about this is that somehow um and i'm gonna be don as you're well familiar i'm gonna spout off about something i think is gonna happen and i'm gonna be completely wrong i agree with you lisa that i don't want it to be wanda for all of the reasons that you've outlined Mm -hmm. um but i still kind of feel like somehow this is Wanda. And part of what's hanging me up is we talked about the commercials for a second. There's a commercial for a watch and the watch yeah. is the general's name. Mm-hmm. Um, the Strucker watch. Uh, Strucker. Strucker. Yeah. It's the Strucker watch. And right on the watch is the symbol. For and Hydra. next to the symbol, yeah. it says Hydra. Yeah. So it's Hydra. So my crate, it's, it's vague and I don't have all the pieces of it together yet. It's, it's very fuzzy. But it's a theory that somehow, like, Wanda has sort of, she's allowing, she she's trading, I get to live in this parallel universe with Vision, mm-hmm. because we never saw, we saw him die, we never saw him get, we never saw that get undone. Because like, it, after, it happened before the snap, so it wasn't going to be undone. Right. Yeah. And we never saw any evidence otherwise. So I don't know. Like I said earlier, you know, how is their vision? I don't think there is. And I think what's happening is Wanda is somehow trading mm. to Hydra. Like, you, I will do this for you if you will give vision back to me. And if the only way I can do that is this Truman show um. of, of television. And that's the only way that I get to have vision back. Then... Mm. That's you know, I what I get. And so everyone says theory, for the children could, a bunch of times. And now see, I feel, she I feel, has I children. See both of your theories working together yeah. on that. 
they are actually compatible. See, I feel like the commercials are Wanda subconscious, um, mm-hmm. sending out the signal something is wrong or basically recapitulating her trauma because it goes from um, yeah. the blinking the, of the bomb in the toaster, the, as it were. Yeah, yep. the Stark Industries Toastmate 2000. Stark toaster. Yeah. And, yeah. The t- and, the, and the blinking red light blinks for just a little too long. Like, yeah. like a and they stand bomb. there. Yeah, right. and then the second one is um, all of the, it's a Hydra watch where Hydra will make time for you. And you know, she and Pietro yeah. sold their lives to Hydra. And then there's like the Hydra bubble bath where it's when you want to get away from it all or slip into dreams or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like when it's her subconscious that when you want to get away, but you but can't, can't leave. leave. I feel yeah. like it's her subconscious sending her messages that this that, that, that there's some sort of danger here. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, did you okay. notice on the yeah. the first commercial of the Stark Industries Toastmate 2000 mm-hmm. that when they do the close up of that, not only is the beeping sound like the beeping sound of the bomb that gets Tony Stark in the original Iron Man, mm-hmm. but if you look at the toaster, the toaster is a face. And yes. If you look at the colors and the yep. construction of it, it's, it looks like vision. Yeah. No, yep. I noticed that and was like, ooh. Um, yeah. This whole thing is just filled with and there it's, layers and layers and yeah. layers on this And the thing. same ladies in all the ads. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. The same two people in all the ads. and Because you've got yeah. the man, he's like the little... Bath I don't remember seeing him in the in the spa one. Oh no, he's um, like the bath nymph. He's there for like decoration, basically. Oh okay, I didn't remember seeing him, but I know yeah. the the woman the woman looks to be the same in all of them. Yeah. And that hydro watch is. is what's hanging me up like yeah. hard. So <laughs> well, they, it's going to turn out like hydro, sometimes a watch is just a watch, they say right? The Strucker. The Strucker mm-hmm. is the, right. they named they the don't, watch. Well, no, they don't mm-hmm. say it's a Hydra watch, but it says right on it, Hydra. And as soon as I saw that, I got a little shouty. Well, Strucker about was, it so Strucker's the Hydra. one that turned Wanda into the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's why I got all excited earlier when and, you said and, it, because yeah. I'm like, who is that? I I, yeah. I know that name, but I can't line it up with anybody. Yeah, I and feel that like we're kind of recapitulating her childhood. So I'm yeah. super curious in future episodes to see what the commercials from like the 80s and the 90s are going to look like. <laughs> Because yes. will we get to commercials that like recap the, the the time that she spent as an Avenger, or will we get a commercial that references the Thanos thing? Because I'd love to see how that looks like in the context of the '90s, where it's yes. like a purple gusher and there's like gems. And, you know, it's like a of, squeeze pouch. Of here's things. here's a theory I have, which uh-huh. is it goes back to your outlining of uh, Endgame, where uh, Wanda and Hawkeye are by the lake talking about their losses. Yeah. And Wanda says, you know, they, they know. And you can just see this expression on her face. Like, you know, I mean, the Scarlet Witch is very, very powerful. I mean, she was basically irradiated with the Mind Stone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anybody could resurrect vision. Yeah. Yeah. It would be her. I mean, and we saw her go toe to toe with Thanos, which like nobody else was 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 really able to do. Yeah, the only I mean, one was C- Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's actually pretty telling that the two biggest guns in the MCU are um, Captain Marvel and the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, and and I always get the feeling that when we see her, even whenever she's doing something incredible, like. I still don't really, I never got the feeling even until we get to where she's like in the thick of it with Thanos um, that she ever broke a sweat doing any of those things. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, there's like that. Great. Uh, well, this actually leads us into our unanswered questions segment, I feel, because my first unanswered question <laughs> oh, well, is that's let's... another hour. Yeah. No, we, we got to keep it to like three. Let's I... keep it to yeah. three questions. Let's keep it to three. And hexagons. And yeah. What first, the so... heck is going on? Okay. With everyone get the free hexagon question. What the heck is going on? The hexagons? hexagons. How do they work? Yeah. Well, like why? Why hexagons? Um, so there's that. My first question out of the three where I'm allowed to ask is like, why didn't Hawkeye just take her back to the farm for a couple of months? I'm <laughs> no, I'm serious. He has a habit of collecting strays. She needs some place to go. Like yeah. they they're bonded by their mutual loss of Natasha. Like Laura mm -hmm. can set an extra place at the table. She can, you know, use her magic to cut hay or whatever. It's it's like <laughs> that would have solved a lot of problems. Why? Yeah. Why did literally nobody who was involved with this 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 avenging and superpower stuff at any level say, "Hey, when you have a deeply traumatized world class power like Wanda Maximoff, the best thing to do is to make sure she has no one to talk to and no one looking out for her." Like that's like yeah. what last right in move logic? is high and dry. Like how? <sighs> so yeah. that's like my first question. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Kelly, what's your really screwed that one up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. Uh, so, Kelly, what's your first question? My first question is, as odd as this sounds, when are we? Yes, yes. Um, and for a bunch of reasons, number one, Westworld. Number two, um, <laughs> um, because... You guys had like the back and forth, the back and forth timelines, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm going to say it badly, um, and it's up to me to edit, so it's never going to mm -hmm. sound any better. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Like, are we in a diversion, like, between those two movies, between um, like Infinity War happen? and Endgame? Yeah. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. where does this well, remember, stack well, up against Wanda the was snapped. way after, so, you know? Wanda was snapped, so this would have to be, like, it's either before the movies happened, mm -hmm. the last two, or it's sometime after. Right. But, and like, I, the question like, is, is how long after does it take well, place in Spider-Man Far From Home? She got disappeared right after her vision died, so it's got to be after Endgame. Yeah. How how much after or Endgame? Or before, because know. Vision. Like, we know uh, we have Wanda, but do we have Vision? So I don't know when we are. That's my first question. Okay. Stop All right. That's your first question. Well, Doug, what's your first question <laughs> yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, so questions for, uh, questions for me. Um, oh, Jesus. Where would I start? Um I want to, one, really, I'm serious about the hexagons. Mm -hmm. uh, I also want to know what's up with the beekeeper guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, is he a good guy? Is he bad guy? Is yeah. he someone we know under that hat? Like, why uh, for is there a beekeeper? <laughs> right. I want to know yes. who the heck is talking to Wanda over the radio. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to know who's editing the shows. Mm -hmm. Is that Wanda doing that? The blips? Yeah. Is I'm using the word blip wrong. You know, you're not. Well, yeah, the skipping or the what have you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is that her? Mm -hmm. uh, I want to know the two. There are three people that really bug me. I want to know about. I want to know about Dottie. Mm -hmm. I want to know about Agnes. And I want to know about uh, Geraldine because she got yeah. thrown out. So. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it did. she obviously didn't die because, you know, you, you see her moving around, but what's going on with that? Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, based on the trailer, uh, does Vision know he's dead? 
I mean, so one of the things we didn't mention too much in episode three was towards the end. Vision is deeply unsettled by his talk with his neighbors. He comes mm -hmm. in, Geraldine is gone, and then Wanda very, very lightly but definitively was like, "Oh, she had to go. I have and and she had to rush home." And then Vision's like, let's go. We, and, and he he actually starts talking about, oh, you know, we can go anywhere. We could do anything. And she's like, mm -hmm. and she says, no, 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 we couldn't. No, what she says is very firmly, no, we couldn't. This is our home now. And then she reassures him she's got everything under control. And you see that he's like terrified. Yeah. He's and, not comforted by oh, her comforting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like one of the things I thought is when she's like, no, we couldn't. This is our home now. And I thought part of me is like, is there some sort of subconscious trigger where Wanda edits out the messy stuff so long as it keeps her under observation or is she editing it out because this is some sort of grief exercise or so that's like Does question number two it out because this is the only way she can have vision back. Yeah. Like my question number two yeah. is, is my question is if we presume that Wanda is behind the editing, is it a conscious choice or is it a subconscious choice? Because I'm not sure she's aware she's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a mystery I would like to have solved. Well, I, I wonder if it's sometimes because we see her definitively say no to the beekeeper and we back up and yeah. we get a different thing in the second episode. Yeah. Now, I wonder I wonder if there's like memory triggers, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because every time she tries to raise the helicopter to talk about with some somebody, something gets distracted so she can never yeah. finish the thought. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if there's the beekeeper and she perceives the beekeeper and that trips the wire in her brain that there's an outsider because yeah. that's what happens in episode three is Geraldine says something that trips the wire in Wanda's brain to hint off that there's, there's something outside of Westview. Mm -hmm. And that's when she switches from Wanda blithe and adorable star of many sitcoms to <laughs> the Scarlet witch forced to be reckoned with. But, yeah. Um, right. All right. So, so Kelly, your second question, two out of three. Um, mm -hmm. I think my second question is, um, if, if what we are watching has some sort of, like, I guess, why is it? Why are we watching sitcoms? If that, mm -hmm. like, what what impact is that having? Yeah. Like, why sitcoms? No, why no, that's too why this medium? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm I'm trying to find a good, like, what is, what's the reason that we are getting this in, you know, human brain digestible sitcom format? Like, why is this the thing that's happening? You know, why aren't we getting, um, like, the two of them are physical manifestations of science fiction. Why aren't we getting a sci-fi show? Yeah. Um, like, that kind of thing. Like, why is it this, this um, family trope? And maybe it's because it's, for the children. Now you have to both say for the children. For the um, chil All right. So try that again, Kelly. <laughs> because it's because, you know, like after she says, you know, for the children. For the children. For the children. <laughs> you know, this is a great question. Like, yeah. And why is this what we're getting? Yeah. Why, why the sitcoms? The con it's well, the conceit. What's, what's the point of it? Is this is this someone's beacon for help? And they're hoping that like somebody will see us and know who we are. And if yeah. we put it out as a sitcom, like we're we're cruising under the radar of whoever it is that's actually monitoring the thing that we're trying to escape from or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. see, like, my I background theory is that the aliens watched the sitcoms as they were beamed into space. 
There you go. Well, and they're like, this is how we will communicate with these ugly bags of mostly water. We will uh, put them in sitcom form. I like well, it. it. The alien probably has a human hand, at least, because we do see someone watching the sitcom. This is the mm-hmm. end of episode one, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a, a, a... Writing something in a notebook. Yeah. Yeah. And... And looking at an old style TV, and it's a human hand. Mm-hmm. I, and there's a you know, sword monitor right nearby. Right, too. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and there's a sword logo on the thing right there. Yeah. So that's sword. But your point is maybe the aliens are the ones, or the other power on the outside are the ones that are queuing this up. And they just yeah. like sitcoms, right? Maybe they come <laughs> from a long way away. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, these signals have been out there a long time and they're just nostalgic. I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> it may not be anything more complicated than that, but it may also yeah. be like this is somebody like uh Vision is very clever about calling for help. So this mm-hmm. is all packaged yeah. as a sitcom. Oh, it's just a TV signal from an old show. So you know we don't have mm-hmm. to pay attention to it. We see these all the time. Yeah. Like there's, like, is it going to be overlaid on other space noise or something? Yeah, so, there's yeah. a there's a reason that we're seeing what we're seeing in the format we're seeing it, and I'm just trying to get to the bottom of that. No, no, I I, I mean I, I I made the joke about the uh, it's too meta. No, it's the essential question in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would anyone do this? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know it's. It, I gotta hand it to you, Kelly. This is Challenging like question. seeing seeing the forest for the trees kind of thing. You know, you yeah. kind of like stepped up. Step away from there. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, Don, what was your second question? Everyone gets three. What's your second question? Oh, I think I did five the last Don's time. Don's first question was like three. six questions. So, <laughs> I, yeah, just, just pass me yeah. up. <laughs> all right. All right. So, let's see. Um, and I, I think my last question is um, basically, what's what's with the for the children? Um, I find it really suspicious that they have the whole for the children and then Wanda is pregnant by the end of that episode and she's given birth to magical twins in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this was somebody planting a suggestion or are these people acting as supporting characters in Wanda's fantasy or what is going on? By the way, did you notice that in all the scenes of the town, there's never any children in the background? Nope. Not, not a one. one. Not a single one. Nope. Yeah. Not a one. Yeah. For the children. So this goes to who's doing this because this mm-hmm. would be the argument against it being Wanda. Yeah. Because yeah. it does not appear that she's trying to be pregnant. So who wants her to be pregnant? Yeah. This goes to that. Is yeah. it, you know, from the comics, is it, uh, Mephisto or another, you know, is, is that the kind of thing that's going on here affecting her? Well, is, is someone trying to leverage Wanda's power to make this happen? Well, what yeah. I wonder is, are they trying? So in episode two, when Wanda keeps out, when Wanda asks Vision, um, is this really happening? Like she asks him twice, you know, yeah. the first time is before, before you have the no and the blips and rewinds. And then she asks them again, is this really happening? He's like, yes. And that's when things begin to bloom in color. And you as the viewer are meant to infer that it's Wanda who's doing this, that her magic is causing the blooming or somehow like there's this clear action and then other action. But what we're supposed to infer is it's action reaction. We don't know if they're linked yet. Um, So she clearly relies on him to be honest and give her reality checks. Mm -hmm. Um, But in episode three, when vision checks in with Wanda and he, because there's the, there's, there's, there's two parts. There's the, 
there's an exchange they have towards the beginning of the episode where he's like, no, no, there's something strange going on. And it's literally rewound and edited out. And he comes, he says, he says something yeah. different the second time through. And then when he comes back again and you realize that he's scared of her with the way she's reacted and dismissed mm -hmm. his did, did you Did you guys check your internet connection when that, that one happened? Like, I rewound and watched it a few times to make sure it was not. Yeah, yeah, I did. Wait, what? What happened to my show? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but but the thing is, in um, episode three, there's now a seed of distrust between Wanda and Vision because he can't let go that something's strange and that Wanda's not acting like herself. And yeah. so, I'm a little unnerved by that manipulation there. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> and she says something when he says, mm -hmm. like when they when they have that moment at the like almost the very very end of the episode mm -hmm. when he says. Um, we can go any we can go anywhere we want and, and she says no, no this is our home and then she says something like i, I didn't it write all. it down like i have it all under control, under control. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and that's yeah. when he's like oh crap um yes. and, he, and i think he begins to assume that she's the one who's doing this because there's the other references that begin to come up with oh don't you know that geraldine doesn't have a home is what the neighbors say and then Wanda's like i had she had to go home in a hurry and he's yeah. all wait what ding 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 so ding, there's ding. yeah he's so there's a alert. snake in that garden as it were yeah and and it's it's watching that unravel like yeah. i think is where i think like i i don't know but i think that's where we're headed next yeah. is like what what's the other piece of this and he's so, going to try to solve wanda and she's going to try to either ignore the evidence of her own eyes or she's going to start noticing it too and try to figure out what's going on or she but. knows or she's going to figure out that he's trying to solve her and and yeah. it, and mm -hmm. if she's if she's the thing that needs the solving yeah then it's going to be a question of what she can do to sort of fend him off yeah but you know what this this segment has showed me um, with with Don's serial questions and you and I wittering back and forth on literally two exchanges in one half hour episode, um, many many more questions than answers right now. Yes, um, this is we, the best part. <laughs> well, I actually have to say, do you feel like there do either of you feel like there have been any narrative payoffs yet, or do you feel like we're still in the clue collecting phase of everything? Oh, it is a very minor payoff so far but i mm -hmm. think this you called it the first act right at least the yeah. first three episodes because yeah. there's nine total episodes in the season or supposed to be mm -hmm. i think we're still in the the producers are definitely in the we're screwing with you phase of the show yeah. oh yeah uh and i well, they've got to get to pay off somewhere or mm -hmm. you know yeah. or somebody's going to set fire to disney uh, <laughs> I feel like episode three is where if you were not suspicious before now, yeah. we're making you suspicious. Yeah. There's a little payoff when when we see the real world on the outside when Geraldine gets thrown yeah. out. Go, yeah. Okay. And you're like, whoa, whoa. So there is yeah. so there's that one like nugget of payoff right mm -hmm. now in yeah. that we know that where they are is made up. We know that something happened to Geraldine. Mm -hmm. And it certainly seems like like Wanda is the one that sent her through the wall. Yeah. Yes, but also it seems like uh, it's not the seventies where Geraldine lands. Like no. those don't th those cars and those Quonset huts and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that does not look like to me anyway. And it's not like I'm any yeah. sort of gearhead or anything. But that does mm -hmm. not look like 
the 70s even in a marvel movie like that feels like now and like or now ish and like you all noted earlier um i think dom was the first one to bring this up it's dark where she lands yes it it may be bright sunlight in the middle of the sitcom it's dark outside Mm -hmm. Uh, and the whole reality yeah whatever Mm -hmm. bubble they're in yeah Mm -hmm. Is just playing by its own rules there. It absolutely it's got its is. own sense of time. So yeah, yeah. And um, Geraldine, like we see her blink or move her mm-hmm. head, like we know that she survived. She's so all, hopefully, oh, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully yeah. we can get more out of her. And like, mm-hmm. if you know, if she got ejected, like how would she get in? And yeah. you know, what's her deal? And like, I think there's hopefully there will be more on that front to help us unravel what we got from those, mm-hmm. you know, I guess to use your math, Lisa, this would be like those 2.95 episodes uh, <laughs> yeah. before she, before she got bounced. Right. Yeah. So um, what we don't know about Geraldine is to infer everything. what Herb was saying <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. is when you saying because we're all, and I'm assuming he was going to say prisoners here. Yeah. That yeah. would be my guess. Oh, it was she, huh. the two maybe they're of data. real town? Yeah. Maybe they're real townspeople. We don't know if Geraldine is a real townsperson who just got thrown out or something. Yeah. The two so, pieces of data we have are that Agnes wants Vision to be alert and suspicious of Geraldine because she doesn't fit. Yes, the social profile of the rest. And I don't. Uh, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a a, a race thing. I think it's a Geraldine well, no, is suspicious because she's one of us. She's not one yeah, of us. Herb is a. Uh, and Herb is black. He's a black so. man, so and and Herb is the one who says Herb is the one who allows us all to infer that what he's referring to is oh the rest of us are trapped here, but Geraldine was not trapped well, with us. Well, you could but say now the rest here. of us are trapped here. The rest of us are dead. Yeah, you know the rest of us are any one of a wide variety of things. So yeah, yeah. so yeah. but the the easy thing is trapped there or the yeah. rest of us are in on it and she's yeah. not right and i know listeners, like the rest I of us point out now know each that... other but not her like yeah. that's kind of where i thought they were going with that is yeah. like none of us have any idea who she is either yeah and listeners i want to point out that i know a lot of other recaps have told you who geraldine is supposed to be based on casting news and announcements and things like that the point is is that as a viewer of episodes one through three we don't know that. So we're not talking about that. And we'll discuss any reveals of who she may or may not be and what, how she did or didn't get into the town when they come up in future episodes of this podcast. Because we play by the Marcus at Queensberry rules. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm also mentioning this because I don't want anyone on Twitter hitting me up. All, you know, if you had read any news, you'd not, you know, well, you know, there's a big difference. But I, I feel like when we talk we're about sticking to the show, well, I think when you talk about the show, it, is probably handy to go into it with the idea that you don't have to do homework or backup reading to understand what's Correct. going on. So right. well, I where's want, the I'm... fun in that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Don, that's why we have you is because we know you've done the reading. Yeah. Yes, Way too much. It. Yeah. <laughs> we'll buy your notes off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's, that's what they did to me in school. Ah, so, there we go. Ah, All right. So we have our unanswered questions. Um, and our final lightning round before we finish this, which will probably be the longest episode of Maxim Hoff Overdrive. I want to know what everybody's wish list is for Act Two. What do you hope that you see? What, what are you most fervently hoping for 
um, to see in the episodes, let's say, oh, I'm going to say four through seven will probably be act two because that's usually the long setup and dramatic stakes uh, heightening thing. Okay. Um, what do you want to see in episodes four through seven the most? What would make your heart the happiest and why? I, I hope they do a Frasier episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the sitcoms I more vividly remember. Uh, like because you know, like I only have my impression of what old TV shows looked like from watching other old TV shows in reruns, not like having lived through that era mm-hmm. and watching all of those different kinds of shows. And when we get to the eighties and nineties, like that's that's okay. when I lived in front of the television. So I want to know, like, I want to. I'm I'm really looking forward to what that aesthetic is, what mm-hmm. those intros look like, what those commercials are. Now that we have sort of a vague structure that we can sort of hang the episodes on, I want to know what the ads are going to be. I want to see um, what the pitch, obviously pitch perfect 1980s sitcom intro looks like, according to WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, the aesthetic, like what's their house going to look like in the 80s show and in the 90s show. Um, and, and you know, eventually like it's going to end up current. So like once we've skipped through all of this time, like where do we get at the mm-hmm. end of this? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I basically, I like what I want out of it is more like more mm-hmm. of what we already have. Uh, well, I want to, I want to get some hint to who the big bad is here. Yeah. 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 That's a really great item for the wish list. You want to know, like, what is our central conflict? Who's the big bad? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. right now the conflict is like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. conflict does not have uh, structure. Is it Wanda versus Vision? Is it Wanda versus Dottie? Is it Dottie versus everyone? Is it Agnes yeah. versus everybody? Is yeah. it? Yeah. No. I, I think... And who? And who are these people on the outside? It, it's probably yeah. Sword, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of the other things. But who who is sword in this uh, in this universe? Why are they monitoring them? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So that was it. Um, Say so my glib wish list item. I want to see the commercials, the sitcom commercials from the eighties and nineties, because I really yes. want to see if they're going to do action figures or um, if you're going to have <laughs> one of those like fake grunge MTV type commercials for like the early nineties sitcoms mm. where it's like a fruitopia drink only it's um, like the, the infinity stone being bubbled through. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. So that's going to be all I'm going to like think about now is like what those ads are going to look like. Like, so. if, is it the snap? Is, is it Thanos is the snapple lady? Like I would <laughs> love that if it, if that was your 1990s. <laughs> By the I'll way, twist did, off this cap notice, like I twisted off your boyfriend's head. Yeah. The, uh, there you go. Did you notice the episodes are like uh, thirty minutes long, but the credits at the end are like ten minutes? Yes. So what do you guys <laughs> think of those credits? Like, I find myself looking at the. What I've noticed is the the close up on their faces changes week by week, and then it goes yeah. into the the art with. Uh, they're not pixels. Guy English was saying what they were precisely, and I can't but remember. But it's like the but... it's the bits of tube in a TV. Like, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they're they're they're. What do you think about that? Like, did you do the the thing where you were like, okay, what does this mean? Why did they do this? Because because I well, sure the, the whole digitally image digital imagery there at the end. You're talking the end credits. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. What I did is I I went on the other side of the room from my big 4K monitor, which which I'm watching these things on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I tried to see at a distance what those things are. Yeah. And they still not quite 
they don't up there. They don't seem to turn into anything. Yeah, I, mean, at the I, very I know end there's something. There, there are clues too because the yeah. level of detail. Yep. I mean, it's like they created figurines and then somebody went in with like tiny little drills and carving tools and carved <laughs> all on all of the figurines. I mean, there's so much detail in these shows. It's yeah. just nuts. And, and you know, I'm. I was a sucker for uh, for Westworld and Watchmen, mm-hmm. and those were also overly detailed puzzle boxes. It's the puzzle box aspect of the show, which just has me hooked. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't blame. It's it's something fun to figure out, you know. Yeah. And and to see what you're capable of paying attention to and how and how to put it together, and mm-hmm. um, it beats I, the shield about worrying about when you're going to get vaccinated. Yeah. Well, you know, the the other thing I wanted to ask. Sorry you all, to pop you all back that way. No, I'm not paying attention. I'm gonna put us all back in fifty troll. Um no. No. Uh, now we rewind ten seconds. Yeah. Uh no, what I wanted to ask you all is how do you feel? Um, this will be our final wrap-up question, and then we will wrap up Maximoff Overdrive. But the final question I wanted to ask for tonight was do you feel like having the episodes come out on a weekly basis? is more enjoyable for you as a viewer because it gives you time to um, have an Uh accretive viewing experience, as it were, to analyze and respond and react? Or do you like it when you can binge a whole show and watch and rewatch and and, and, and just speed through and get your answers? Yes. Um, (laughs) The reason I say that is because um, I like getting an episode at a time, over time, as Don can attest, uh, to sit and think about and theorize and chew on it and sit with it. And then once you get to the end, having all of them, so then you can go back through again, like Westworld, once you get to the end and know what, you know, go back to the beginning and watch again. And you know, that moment with the radio, we're going to totally have different context for that. Um, seeing when everything turns colors going to make total sense, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like we'll have, a different data set by the time we get to the end yeah. of the season. So I like, I like both. I like the sitting with it as it unfolds. And once it's all unfolded, getting to go back and wail through it. If I so choose. Right. Usually right. I choose. It's mm-hmm. the, it's the puzzle box and you can only, you can only turn the box once every week. Yeah. And the, and it's a shared experience, right? Everybody yeah. is screwed the same way. <laughs> you, you can't yeah. take a day off and watch the whole show. Right. Yeah. I think and get ahead and then spoil it for everybody. Every everybody gets it the same way. For oh. me, it's lost all over again. It's Fringe mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. It's Westworld all mm-hmm. over again. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I hope that the three of us, Don Melton, Kelly Gamont, and me, Lisa Schmeiser, have been the friends that you have had your uh, chats with about um, episodes one through three of Wandavision. This has been Maximoff Overdrive. And we will be back with more analysis, more questions, more wish lists, and more plots for the fantastic job everybody is doing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>